0: Welcome to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, CEO and co-founder of iRelaunch, and your host. Today, we welcome Alex Mooney of Amazon. Alex is a senior manager of DEI talent acquisition programs and a 12-year Amazonian, serving in increasingly senior HR roles, most recently in innovative Talent Pipelines and DEI Talent Acquisition. Alex is the founder of the Amazon Returnship program and leads other global talent acquisition programs. Under Alex's leadership, Amazon's Returnship program has committed to hiring a thousand returners over the next few years. His team of dedicated talent agents help candidates refresh their interviewing skills and translate their competencies into Amazon's leadership principles and coach hiring teams to interview and assess candidates based on their potential rather than on their resume or current skills. Alex's prior experience includes human resources related positions across Amazon, Samsung, and Sprint. Alex, welcome to 321i Relaunch.
1: Thanks, Carol. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, thanks for being here. And I want to know if we can start by asking you to give us an overview of the Amazon Returnship Program.
1: Sure. So the Amazon Returnship Program is an opportunity on ramp for professionals who have paused their careers so our program is really designed to help people pick up where they left off the return ship is paid it is um, on our corporate roles 100 percent virtual in our operations roles uh, we, we do require people in person in, in that production environment um, but for our corporate opportunities the it equipment is provided virtual, as I mentioned. Uh, All of our returnships are 16 weeks long in duration. And uh, for those who are required to work in site in that production environment and operations, we do provide uh, relocation assistance for the returnship opportunity. And uh, subject to performance and feedback throughout the returnship period, those who successfully complete their returnship are offered full-time employment and competitive compensation and relocation assistance for um, for those who might have to relocate to the ultimate hiring location, whether it is for a corporate position or for our operations in the production environment. Thank you. Um,
0: I have a follow-up question for you about do the returners enter the program in groups and cohorts or do they come in one by one? And, and how does that, that part of it work?
1: Sure. When we designed our returnship program, we worked backward from our candidates as the customer. And one of the things that we learned from speaking with our returnship eligible candidates was that um, they... Are unlike uh, university interns, none of them are picking up their careers at one set period of time. Like an intern might graduate from a university every spring, the returners are restarting their careers on their own timeline. And so uh, we decided early on that we would not operate in a cohort model. Instead, we would operate with a rolling recruitment model, um, really supporting year round employment opportunities so that we can meet those, uh, those professionals where they are in their journey to restarting their careers.
0: You know, it's interesting um, that we've seen an evolution there. And there are some programs that have defined cohorts where a group of people start on exactly the same day and they move through the program together. There are programs now that have loose cohorts where, you know, people are starting roughly in the same period, maybe in the same quarter. Um, And now we have programs like you're describing, where essentially, um, you're coming in one by one, but you are entering a returner community, right? Because you now have been running the program, you have a Critical mass of returners inside the organization. Is there anything that um, anything you have a programming to bring the alumni together with the current uh, returners, or how does that part work?
1: Yeah, it, it, you uh, hit the nail on the head there with the word community. Um, the shared experiences that these professionals have in terms of. The reasons why they paused their career, or you know the experiences that they had as they went on that journey to restarting their career, all of those have created a bond among returnship professionals who um, paused their career for a variety of reasons. And so it's really interesting to watch this community grow within Amazon. Sure, we're not uh, operating in a cohort model, however, um, it's really fascinating to see that people who have restarted their career and converted to full-time employment stay engaged in the group chats with the returners who have just started you know the week prior and so uh, they get the, the those who join the returnship uh, program get direct access to those who have done it before and who are in a variety of life cycles whether they're an active returner nearing the end of their returnship at Amazon or they've converted to full-time and their career is, is headed in a different trajectory. So there is very much a community here at Amazon.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, as someone who relaunched her career, I relaunched my career. And, you know, at a time when I relaunched as a very odd one-off hire and no one was even talking about this, but even though that happened so long ago, I still feel so strongly and directly connected to relaunchers who have who are currently relaunching, or you know, earlier stage, and so I can only imagine that um, the bonds in that community are, are are very strong, and how meaningful it is for the returners who are new in the organization to be part of that community and have the access and the exchange with people who have already gone through the program. So I bet that, that that that's a very powerful part of it. Um, Alex, can we talk about eligibility? Uh, Who's eligible? How do you define career break? What's the minimum number of years of career break in order to apply and participate?
1: Sure. So just right off the bat, I want to be very clear that if you paused your career you are not required to come through our program. If you click apply on that full-time employment opportunity, um, we we call them industry positions. If you click apply and you're interviewed and you get the job and that's the route you want to pursue, power to you, good luck. Uh, We wish you the best. Our program is here for those who might be looking for a, um, a little bit of a different environment, that that on-ramp opportunity where uh, you have that support from the hiring team where folks are leaning in. And so uh, what we have found is the, the data shows that after two years of unemployment, um, professionals tend to stand about a 10% chance of getting an offer for full-time employment when they're interviewing against those who are gainfully employed or more recently employed. However, um, the decline in those um, offers to people who paused their career really happens after one year of unemployment. So we um, established our minimum eligibility criteria as one or more years of unemployment or underemployment. Now, the underemployment component comes in because, again, when we designed a program, we we worked backward from the candidates as our customers. And what we found is um, many of them might have paused their career, but they didn't stop needing an income. So they took what we call a survival job, some sort of more flexible work to generate some sort of income for them and their family. And and we recognize that that is um, just a a natural part of of life and the scenario that people find themselves in, and we don't penalize people for taking a a gig that is um, more flexible with hours uh, in order to generate some sort of income for them. Our goal is to get these professionals back to the career that they had before they hit pause.
0: Mm-hmm. so I just want to underscore this for our listeners that don't self-select out of the program because somehow you think you're not qualified um I you know I really appreciate what alex is describing here in terms of um, different scenarios under underemployment that you know different um, def- definitions of career break let amazon decide if you're eligible is, is that does that sound consistent with, with how you think about it
1: Absolutely. In fact, you know, we expect people to take survival jobs. So um, mm-hmm. simply because you, you've been gainfully employed, don't look at that one year of unemployment or, or one or more years of unemployment as a discounting factor. Um, consider yourself, you might be underemployed because your professional career um, may not be where you're currently working. You might be just generating an income for your family with a more flexible hours or more flexible work opportunity. We're here to help you get back to doing what you were doing before.
0: Um, I have a question about when people are going, are at the beginning of the application process, do you ask like pre-qualifying questions like, Have you taken a career break of two years or more? Do they have to answer that kind of question before they move forward in the application process online?
1: Not at all. It's a standard application process. Um, You know, you simply click apply, upload your resume, and and our recruiters will uh, review your resume and and really vet your eligibility and reach out to you, you know, if you meet the eligibility criteria. I think the key thing for the applicants to know is that um, we recognize that, people pause their career for a variety of life circumstances. Um, Some of them planned, some of them unplanned. And Mm -hmm. so where you are in your career might differ from your neighbor next door who paused their career. And so our job requisitions post the minimum eligibility criteria as three or more years of experience in a given field. However, we have folks who um, on average, have about 10 years of professional experience. That's what we're finding. Uh, and on average, about five years away from their career. But we've we've had folks who have 20 years of professional experience and 12 years away from their career or what have you. So that minimum eligibility, those basic qualifications of three or more years in your field, really, that's just kind of the floor of the opportunity. And we're mm-hmm. interested in evaluating candidates on a case-by-case uh, scenario so that we place them in the right roles and right employment levels at Amazon
0: on. So are you saying then that um, there are roles for people who are, you know, have had three years of experience, like relatively early stage and roles for people who are truly mid-career and even senior who have taken career breaks?
1: That's right. In fact, the vast majority of the professionals that we hire into our returnship program are squarely mid-career, um, with the next um, highest population being more senior career, and then mm-hmm. the the third um, population is some of that early career talent. So it's across the spectrum.
0: Yeah, that uh, that emphasis is very consistent with um, the um, seniority and and um, number of years of career break that we see in our. Conference attendee population that I relaunched, so um, I'm not surprised to hear that, but I'm really glad uh, to hear that the roles are available because that's a question that we get. As um, uh, you know, for people who have had more experience, um, are they going to find roles that are appropriate for them? So, um, thank you for addressing that. Um, so, can can you talk a little bit more about the recruiting process? Uh, do people have to do any kind of a Video screen or um, uh, a- any any special kind of interviews along the way.
1: Sure. So uh, internally, well, well, I guess now externally, that now that we're doing these these podcasts, is um, yeah. we refer to our recruiters as talent agents because unlike um, industry recruiters who have goals based on high volume hiring and they move through candidates quickly and that's the way they operate. Um, which is totally fine and appropriate for that scenario, our recruiters are really focusing in on um, helping people um, dust off the rust and the the rust uh, pertaining to um, their familiarity with interviewing, um, the rust pertaining to their skill sets, etc. And so uh, up front, uh, from, from the start, our candidates find that the recruiters really spend a significant amount of time uh, acting as their talent agent, really helping them think about what were you doing before you paused your career? What data speaks to uh, the efforts that you were engaged in and the results that you created? Um, and how might we translate that into your ability to respond to the interview questions? So they spend a lot of time with the candidates up front, prepping them with the interview. The interview itself is is more lightweight than the standard interview process at Amazon. Uh, we do start with one phone screen with the business. And really that's to uh, kind of assess any sort of technical skills that might be required. So if you're in finance, um, let's just do a quick run through of your familiarity with uh, Microsoft Excel. Um, mm-hmm. If you're in a technical position, they'll do a whiteboard assessment to uh, really figure out, um, do you have the aptitude for, are you listening and asking the right questions and taking hints well uh, when it comes to technical design? And it's not the binary pass fail that might come through an online assessment. It's really, let's look at your aptitude. Let's look at your potential. So that's the business phone screen. And then we have two final round interviews. And that's with um, the hiring manager and, and somebody else from the team. So after really three uh, brief interviews, then uh, we, we are in a position to determine whether or not we make an offer. And uh, those who make the offer, we work with them on uh, the start date to make sure that it's it's a comfortable start date for them. And uh, we're off to the races. Hmm.
0: So it sounds like these talent agents are almost acting like as unofficial coaches, guiding people through the process. And I love the idea that you are looking at people in terms of their potential. Uh, so that... I think that's very unique. I think it's very meaningful to uh, to our audience. So, uh, thank you for talking about that piece of it. Um, what about upskilling or reskilling? Are you does it do people stand out if they're already taking courses? If does it matter if they're like a free edX or Coursera course versus a some official credentialing program or some kind of certificate? Any guidance there on um, what what kind of upskilling or reskilling um, and uh, and whether it's, it makes a difference or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, it certainly does make a difference when you um, are a lifelong learner and you take opportunities to enhance your skill sets, um, upskill or reskill, what, what have you. Um, but we're not terribly concerned about that being an eligibility criteria. Um, mm-hmm. It's always nice to have it uh, certainly from the candidate's perspective helps you Mentally shift and uh, rethink about the field in which you operate and stay relevant. Um, all of that is is certainly commendable, but not required. Um, mm-hmm. But as it relates to uh, really the skill sets that we're looking for for each job that we're hiring for, we we're really uh, focusing on assessing whether or not you have the fundamentals for the position. So, if you're a business analyst, do you have the analytics fundamentals? Are you familiar with um, advanced Microsoft Excel? Do you have any sort of exposure to dashboarding or uh, SQL, you know, data mining, those sorts of things? Um, similarly, finance, do you have the financial acumen? Software mm-hmm. development, do you have the computer science background? So on and mm-hmm. so forth.
0: Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um we always think that uh, that courses are are powerful signaling to an employer about how serious you are about uh, returning to work, and also can really help build your confidence if you feel uh, uh, that that you have upskilled. So, uh, that all of that broadly helps a candidacy. But um, thank you for, for the details on on, on your perspective there. Um, all right, so can, you, can we jump to what happens at the end of the program? Uh, so, can you talk to us about uh, statistics on what percentage of the people who complete the program then get hired?
1: Sure. So, our program North Stars are twofold. The first one being what is the net promoter score from the returner? So, the returner's response to, I would recommend Amazon as a great place to restart your career. And then the second one being uh, we want to convert a minimum of 90% or more to full-time. And uh, so both uh, North Stars being 90% or better. And so by focusing in at 90% or or better, converting to full-time, that allows us to um, lean in and bring in more professionals who might be a little bit more rusty with their skill set while also ensuring that our program is setting them up for success. So working backward from the end of the returnship, uh, we're really talking about sort of the uh, capstone project and hiring debrief is, is what we call it. Because the end of the returnship is when we make that decision on whether or not we will hire the person full time. So the capstone project, is not prescribed because we want it to be applicable and relevant to whatever role the returner is in and whatever business they're working for. So if you're in software development, um, it might just consist of a code review to evaluate the quality of the code that you've written and and shipped. Um, For finance, it might be uh, you've identified uh, cost savings opportunity and you wrote a paper and you've presented the paper and that's your capstone. So uh, again, we want it to be real tangible, substantive, and relevant. And then that uh, capstone presentation is uh, presented to the hiring manager, and the mentor. And then at Amazon, we have a role in the interview process called a bar raiser. And they're really there to make sure that we're continually raising the bar on the quality of talent that we're bringing into the company. And so that bar raiser sits in on a capstone presentation as well. And then once the presentation concludes, the manager, the mentor, the bar raiser, they have their hiring decision debrief, and we determine whether or not uh, to make an offer for full-time employment. Um, Part of that debrief also includes an evaluation. And the evaluation is both the returner's self-evaluation as well as the hiring manager's evaluation. And really, this is an opportunity for us to calibrate on the level of performance that was demonstrated throughout the returnship period and assess where the person, the returner feels that they're performing well and where they have opportunities for improvement. And same thing on the manager side. And really to figure out, are we on the same page as we head into that full-time employment opportunity? Have we identified the things that we need to double down on in terms of strengths? And then with the opportunities, are we going to be leaning in there and helping people with their career trajectory onward and
0: upward? Mm -hmm okay so um that, there's a lot lot there um so people are have this capstone project as part of their experience and I love the the the, um, the way you describe it real tangible substantive meaningful um, work and 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 that 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 project is something that that um, has all of those attributes and then just as a side note uh, the conversion rates that you're talking about of over 90 percent I just want to note for our audience that that's way over average, way over what's already a high average. On average, we see conversion rates, which is the percentage of people who get hired when a program completes, a returnship, program completes is over 80%, but you're over 90% and that's very significant. So, um, all right. So Alex, um, can you, you had had said something about um, people coming in like on a rolling basis. And so does, this might be an obvious question, but does that mean that Applications are always open whenever you go to the landing page for Amazon Returnship, or are there certain times of the year when they're closed?
1: That's right. They're always open. So amazon.jobs slash returnships. That's where you could see our, our open positions. We are recruiting year round and uh, accepting applications on a daily basis. And
0: if people apply for one role and they get rejected or they don't move forward in the process, and then later they see a different role. What's your advice in terms of do you apply more than once? Um, when, how much is too much in terms of multiple applications?
1: Sure. I mean, we encourage applications, again, uh, for both industry positions, but specifically for our returnship program, we absolutely encourage you to apply. And if you feel that your skill set is a better match for one role versus another, or maybe multiple roles, click apply on all those that you believe are relevant. Okay,
0: very helpful. Uh, And I want to finish up by asking you the question that we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today?
1: I have a couple of pieces of advice here. One is um, the age-old advice for anybody who has paused their career is show you're still relevant. And that's absolutely true. You know, we encourage you to practice within your field, Um, you know, keep your skills relevant uh, if if you have the luxury of time and the ability to do so. Not all uh, folks who pause their career have that ability or that luxury of time. That said, your resume, make it easy for the recruiter to understand that you've paused your career. What we find is that age-old advice of show you're still relevant often ends up in resumes being masked. And so it's very difficult for our recruiters to see who paused their career or who's underemployed. So you might include in your executive summary at the top of your resume that um, you have X number of years of professional experience in X field, Uh, you paused your career. And now you are restarting your career, something Mm -hmm. that makes it very clear to the recruiter or the resume reader uh, to know that you did intentionally click apply on that returnship requisition uh, because Mm -hmm. you believe that you're eligible for it. Because as you might imagine, Amazon has a lot of jobs open. And so we get a lot of applicants who are better fit for industry recruitment who did not actually pause their career. And so Mm -hmm. we just want to make sure that your resume stands out. So um, that's that's the first piece of advice.
0: The second piece of
1: advice is um, when you're thinking about interviewing, the industry standard now is behavioral-based interview questions. So tell me about a time when is a common way to phrase the interview question. So if you have not interviewed in a while, you might consider looking up behavioral-based interview questions and learning how to phrase your response using the star method so situation task action result and this is more and more the standard of of interviewing within um you know corporate america at least and so uh, you can get a little bit of a head start by brushing up on behavioral based interview questions and then um, acquainting yourself with the style of response, which is, uh, the situation task action result, the star method. Again, a lot of information out there, just search for it on the internet and you'll, you'll find some examples. Mm-hmm.
0: The great advice. You know, I, I just want to ask a follow-up, um, on the one where you're talking about, you know, make it obvious that you pause your career, we advise relaunchers to actually call out the career break, career break, you know, 2015 to the present under as the first entry under experience. And then under that bullet point, some of the things that you've been doing, even if it's that side gig, does, is that helpful to the recruiters to start to see the words career break? And then they know for sure that they're talking to someone who's eligible.
1: Carol, that would be ideal. <laughs> you know, so many <laughs> resumes we receive, um, you know, and it's understandable. The labor market is tough. It's the employers tend to prioritize those who are gainfully or more recently employed, and so when you're clicking on those jobs and you're clicking apply, uh, you, you want to show your resume as being relevant, and unfortunately. Um, Those returnship eligible candidates who find their way to our program, um, when they use that same resume, it makes it really difficult for our recruiters to clearly see that, yes, you are eligible. So um, to that end, you know, have a returnship. Resume, and if you're applying to full-time jobs, and you find that that strategy is working to get you interviews, uh, to to have a more robust resume that does not call out the career break, go for it. But for us, we we want to see that. You're absolutely right.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I I just have to say that complete reframing of the career break. How it used to be, you didn't you tr- did not want to show it on your resume, and now you have to show it, and or you're it's you're better off showing it um, to be eligible to apply for and participate in uh, Amazon Returnship, so I love that. Um, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. I've learned so much.
1: Thanks, Carol, thanks for having me.
0: And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories.